Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? Economic indicators. Who knows where this is going to end up? To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you doing there? It is podcast time. Now, if you've been following the podcast over the last while, maybe over the last two years, but even over the last year, you will have heard me referring to an obsession of mine, which is Florence. I know it's very bizarre, but believe me, John has even weirder obsessions. It is Florence in the early 14th century a long, long time ago. It's the time of Dante. And I am fascinated by Florence because it was the New York City of its time. It was the most vibrant, interesting place. People went there to make their fortune, to express themselves. And out of that stew of creativity comes Dante's divine comedy, the extraordinary work, which is the basis of modern Italian. I've always been fascinated by this. And luckily, luckily, I'm bringing you a conversation that I have just had at the Doki Book Festival with the brilliant Professor Karina Lonergan about Dante. The conversation was entitled Dante Forever because the topics that Dante spoke about 700 years ago, and it's 700 years ago this year, is the year that Dante died. So that's why it makes it special. But the topics that he talks about greed and avarice and politics and tribal machinations around power. These are exactly the sort of topics that are actually germane to us today. So here we go. The brilliant professor, Karina Lonergan, she's an amazing brain, amazing talker about Dante and the economics of the 14th century. About a year, maybe about a year and a half ago, I was contacted by the Italian Cultural Institute and they asked me to do a bit of research about money in the comedy, the Divine Comedy by Dante. Now, I hadn't a rashers about Dante. Knew he was Italian, knew he was from Florence, got a good sense of it, but I decided to delve into this book, right, in my spare time in the lockdown, and I became completely, completely transfixed. And as it happens, this year is the 700th anniversary of his death. So I thought to myself, at Dorky, why don't we celebrate a writer who the greats, Joyce, Beckett, Heaney, 
put up there as the master. For millions of Italians, Dante is their literary hero. For millions of Europeans, European culture and language starts with this book, written at the time in Florentine dialect, which became the language we know to be mm. modern Italian. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. And I can think of nobody better, nobody better to discuss Dante with me than one of Ireland's finest Danteists, Professor Corina Salvadori Lorigan. Corina, you're very welcome. Thank you. To the Martello Tower. Wonderful. Isn't it Wonderful. gorgeous? Absolutely. And to think that, Ideal place. And to think Ideal that Joyce place. loved yes. Dante. He did. He did. And felt he had a spiritual kinship with him. And that Dante and the Bible were of great significance. Both the Bible a little more, but that Dante is there. And in Finnegan's Wake, he speaks of Dente alligator, the way he distorts but recreates language. And Dente in Italian are teeth. And so it's a man with a bite and the alligator in the alighieri. It, it's excellent. And, it's and, excellent. And now, before yeah. I talk about Dante, yeah. I want yeah. to talk a little bit about you, you are born in Florence. Your parents up sticks in the late 40s to emigrate or to come to Ireland. Ireland, yes. From a city and a country that is about to undergo a renaissance, Italy in the 50s, Florence oh. in the 50s, and you come here. Tell me about that. Well, it was the end of the war. My father had fought on the Russian front which was not good for Italians. He was the only one of his group who came back alive. My oh. parents were both musicians in the orchestra in Florence, but in wartime conditions, they only got paid nine months of the year, the three summer months. And there were then two children. And it seemed, Radio Aaron offered, it seemed an opportunity for economic security. And my father, who was not very practical, and just thought, here we go, there's been no war in Ireland. True, there was no war in Ireland, but there were lots of other restrictions in Ireland, which when they came, they really found was not the country for them. It was not the move for them. And uh, my mother, for example, was obviously a married woman. At the time, the Radio Aaron Symphony Orchestra was civil service. And married women were not paid adequately because they shouldn't really have been employed. She was necessary because they needed musicians. So she got less pay. She didn't get any holiday money, etc. I mean, she just discovered that the conditions for women were very, very poor as compared with Italy at the time. So we really did not have any financial benefit. But the real terrible things, what for me is traumatic, and I occasionally still wake and frightened, was not knowing the language. None of us knew the language. They were musicians. The orchestra was full of foreigners. There were people like them uh, who had come from Europe, who had been recruited in Europe. It was my father's misfortune that he worked in a section, brass section, where all the others were German. And that had been a very negative experience for him. Pretty traumatic, exactly. Precisely. So there were things we didn't talk about, you know. And in the orchestra, the lingua franca was actually Italian because it was maestoso, legato, you know, and, and all the conductors were foreigners. But it was very, very difficult. We didn't understand there was Gaelic as well as English. And, you know, when we were house hunting, I was deputized in my little notebook to write down the street corners and I was writing them in the two languages. 
And it was, and at first we, I was picking up at school Irish and English, which was fine. I love Irish and I loved the Irish literature I have studied. But it was very, very difficult. The alienation of language and having to go to the aliens office, the very word alien. Oh, that was what you were called. You were aliens. We were aliens. You were landed aliens or whatever. Exactly. And I remember at school when we were doing Keats, the poet, and Ruth amid the alien corn, the teacher said, now, does anyone know what the word alien means? And I actually raised my hand and she looked because I was the foreigner who couldn't speak. And I explained office, Dublin Castle. And I tried to explain that we went there and we had And registered to go as aliens. But now, we are Europeans You're now. Europeans now, but it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating yes, story. Sorry. No, no, it's and, a fascinating story. And it actually brings me a bit to Dante because lots of Dante is about exile. It's yes. all about somebody yes. uprooted That's from their right. home. That's right. And then that sort of longing, the memories, the yes. regrets, exactly. all that sort of stuff. Exactly. So let's give us a bit of context. I read Dante and I read the history of Dante as an economist. Okay? Mm. And what fascinated me was Florence was the centre yes. of the world. It was the New York City yeah. of... The Florin. Mm. Yeah, and we're talking about mm. the late fourteen. Mm. 14- Late 13th century. Mm. So we're talking about 1280, mm. he's That's born right. around 1260, yeah. you know, a long, long time ago. Mm. And yet Florence had this currency, which was like the US dollar at the That's time. Right. They had this unbelievable trade. Mm. It was an mm-hmm. incredibly cosmopolitan mm-hmm. city. If you go to Florence now, they had this building boom, this architectural boom, which was phenomenal. It was like, it was like the Celtic tiger yes. Yes. on steroids. Yes. And in yes. this yes. city mm. was... Again, like a city that's growing and muscular and looking for its place in the world, you have different factions. You also have the Pope is looking in, Mm. the Holy Roman Empire is looking in, Mm. and it's also, it's such a gem that it's worth fighting over. And in Mm. this city Mm. comes our friend Dante. Tell me about Mm. him. Mm. Well, Before we talk about the work, tell me about him, the individual. Yeah, worth fighting over. Um, Dante did not, move readily with the wealth of the city. Okay. There is a sense, there is no aristocracy there. There isn't in in, in the Florentine society. But there is a sense of the established families. And the established families have values. In the Paradiso, he recreates the Florence of olden times. Now, like all recreations of the past, it's highly ideal, you know. And he gives out about the people going around with leather belts that have these beautiful jewels in them. People are still coming to Florence for the leather belts. It's apparently the single item most sold of Florence. On the Ponte Vecchio, you can buy your leather. Exactly, exactly. But he couldn't take this economic development also because it brought in people from outside. He didn't want them. And there is a a sense of purity about Florence and its Roman origins and the city and how the city is dedicated to John the Baptist. Your Florence has John the Baptist on it. And the not, gold florin. And not Jesus. No, so was this it's John intentional? the Baptist. It's the precursor. It's John. And of course, the baptistry is the iconic building for Dante, away from Florence. And I can understand him because I see it there as if I were there. And is that the beautiful building beside the dome? The exa- yeah, 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 and the exa- it's, yeah, it's an exactly. extraordinary structure. Yeah, extraordinary. So that's the baptistry. And the whole inside is the mosaic, which inspires the comedy. I mean, his Lucifer, he depicts exactly as you have it in part of that baptistry. Oh, yeah, to this day, you walk in there and you have the sense 
of being exactly where Dante was and where he was baptized. For him, the notion of baptism is very strong because that gives you identity. Your name is given to you at baptism and that is your portal to the faith, which is how he describes it in in the comedy at one point. So it's the loss of the baptistry. He could not take that wealth. And for him in the comedy, the precursor, John the Baptist, who is the patron saint of the city, 24th of June, every year we celebrate and so on. And um, so John the Baptist is for him the patron, and he is a symbol of asceticism. So what Dante wants is really, and he works towards it, a just society. He wants politicians and religious leaders, both not to be self-surfing, not to be always self-seeking for power, for position, for me being better than you, but rather for us to work for the community. He's very Aristotelian in his in his sense of we are created for a social order. We are animali civili, companionable animali. We are companionable people. We need society. We are to fit into society, and society has room for the different talents which have to collaborate, work together, so that ultimately we are creating peace, because this is what he wants. And as long as there is uncontrolled economic development, there will not be peace because greed moves on you all the time. It's a kind of, I mean, this is the whole thing about Dante, which I find amazing, is it's, it's ancient, it's 700 years ago, but it's fascinatingly contemporary. contemporary. This is the same argument, it's the same discussion exactly. we're having all the time, exactly. is, is greed yeah. and avarice yeah. and the individual. So let's just give a little bit of context. So what happens to Dante is, he, he's a mover and shaker. He's an important person, but maybe not as important as he'd like to think he is. He ends up back in the wrong horse in a, a proto-civil war within Florence. Mm-hmm. The guys, his side loses, the other crowd win. We don't have to go into the details. Yeah. And he gets exiled. And he gets exiled. And off he is turfed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you see, he's not. A, it isn't even major political groupings or anything. It's within the same party. They split, they disagree, and you have the blacks and the whites. I mean, we have this in our society. As we know in politics, Karina, there's there's no no greater greater split than the split amongst the left. Within the left, you know. So, like, the the, the right and the left hate each other. That's a given. But the left and the left really hate each other. And that's it. And that's it. And you see, it's within the Donati family. And the leader, ultimately, against him is Corso Donati. Dante was married to Gemma Donati. He has Picarda Donati in Paradiso. He has Forese. He meets his old friend Forese. They were a family that he knew. He meets Forese in Purgatorio. I mean, these were, in a way, his own people. But Corso wanted to lead. The whites were in the lead, and Corso and his supporters, and, of course, the Pope was using them. You know, the papacy interfering with Florence goes on for centuries. Well, we're going to talk about his. He wasn't fond of the Pope. So we're going no, to talk he wasn't about... of that particular yeah. one, nor oh. the one after him. No, uh, no, because the Pope, in fact, is using, is using Corso Donati. He's using the blacks in order to get himself power over Of course. Florence. I mean, this That's is... what is this behind is, it. But this always yeah. happens in these sort of... Yeah. So, anyway, so our friend Dante yeah. is, despite his love of the city... He is exiled under threat of death if he comes oh, yes, back. Absolutely. And in the wilderness, mm. he begins to ruminate and he yeah. begins to think about the world. Exactly. And what I love yeah. about him is, you know, 
a great asset to writing is mm -hmm. a little bit of indignation and jealousy oh, and bitterness. Oh, so it's a brilliant, oh, yeah. it's a beautiful Absolutely. spice in the writing. So it let's is. talk about yeah. it because yeah. on your lap yes. is a copy of the comedy, mm -hmm. which is 50 years old? And no more, 1954. Now, you 1954? Yes, 1954. So you well, I was got, a youngster when you it got was, this yes. first. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. beautifully animated. It's got all your scribbles. Yeah, it's all wallpaper. Tell <laughs> me about the book. Tell me about the work. Tell me about yeah. this title is Dante Forever, right? Dante Forever, yeah. Tell me about yeah. why, yeah. what's in it and why it's still beloved mm. of millions, mm. not only of Italians, mm. but millions mm. around the mm. world. Mm. Well, for the Italians, there's a very obvious thing. It's written in their language. Because what Dante really does is he creates from Florentine, from his own language, he creates what ultimately becomes the standard language communicating through Italy. For many centuries, more of a written one than a spoken one, but ultimately this is our language, and about 90% is still how we speak. The simplicity of it. He uses very simple language. One of the reasons why it's called the comedy is because the style is colloquial, conversational. It's not high style it is for some of the theology and so on. But the ordinariness of the writing is something that matters to him. It's got to communicate and it's communication. It's not the tragedy which requires the high style. And also, of course, comedy means happy ending. You yes. know, it begins in the darkness, in terrible darkness, and it ends happily. And so there is that sense of, 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 of the word comedy. But where the language is concerned, um, just briefly, you know, he tells us in the Convivio, the Convivio is the first work that he writes when he is exiled. The shock of exile is there. The Vita Nuova, the early poetry was about the love experience, the trying to internalize the love experience, the poems of the psychology of love. And then he wants to make it a glorified experience, which it will happen eventually in the Commedia and in Paradiso. But what he begins in Convivio is a book of primarily philosophy, where he tells us, I am writing in my own language and I am writing for the many men and the many women to whom I want to give my message. And they're too busy to be learning Latin. Yes. Latin would have me famous among scholars and literati. He's no time for them because also he says they use their culture, they use their knowledge to earn money. And so that would yeah. do. And he's very much again money. Oh, we're yeah. going to come back oh, to that yeah. in a second. Yeah, yeah, yes. So he's writing for the ordinary men and women. But what I love is the sense of the human being creates. There are the most beautiful images in the Commedia about the child suckling at the mother's breast. When Dante is about to see the vision of God, he says, words fail me. I'm like the baby, the fantoline alla mammella. I'm just like the baby at the breast. What does he say about his own language? Or oh, he's even written a book, which he didn't finish, about the, the nobility of the vernacular rather than, than, than Latin. But he says... I wouldn't have been born if my parents hadn't spoken in vernacular. How would they have communicated? Yeah. How could I be, a, you know? It yeah. isn't in Latin. It isn't in what he calls grammatica. It isn't in the formal Latin language that they met and they spoke as ordinary Florentines. So that's his big claim to the is importance the, of this. 
language. Well, yeah. it's funny you say that. Many years ago, Amos Oz was here, the Israeli writer. Yes, I, I know and his he work. was amazing. And he was talking about the Irish language. Yes. And somebody was asking him how the Israelis rejuvenated Hebrew. And he said exactly the same point. He said, you will rejuvenate Irish when the first teenager says, I love you, in Irish, to his That's girlfriend right. or boyfriend. And then you have the language of the people. He said, all this going to studying scholars and la la. He said, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So if you say, I love you, yes. at 14 right. or 15, yes. Yes. that's when we start. That's his point. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So tell yeah, me now yeah. about this tripartite work. Three parts. Explain yeah. to me yes. the comedy in three parts. Yes. I know it's, it's a yeah, small yeah. question. No, no, no. Let's go no, for no. it. No, no. Now, the exile, the exile matters because at the end of the Vita Nuova, his different views for himself as a poet, he thought very highly of himself as a poet. Very highly. I think he thought very, very yeah. highly of himself, well, full stop. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And he admits that in purgatory, for pride, he will do some penance. He admits okay. that that will be his failing. Uh, and But now, he finds himself in exile. He begins this philosophical work and realises that he has a message. He realises that, well, he tells us, I belong to the sphere of ethics and what I have is a message that I want to get across to people for their redemption. This will then be spelt out in the comedy. But he wants to write for our diletto, for our delight, but also our improvement, our, making, our being better people. Because he identifies in the very first canto of the comedy, the wolf as the power of greed. And he basically takes Paul that greed is the root of all evil. And okay. unless this greed can be controlled in society, society will be destroyed. So what happens to him is that he has a crisis and he changes from the prose of the convivio deliberately to the poetry of the comedy, because poetry is more mnemonic. We remember it better. I can remember a lot of this, which is... Just from the pentameter and the sound. Well, and the whole, sound yeah. You see, and the terza rima is very easily memorised. It's not easily rendered into English, but it's very easily memorised in Italian. And uh, so the tripartite, the terza rima, and he sees himself in a crisis. In a crisis, he begins 
with us nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita. So we are there with him. That's the very first line. The second line is mi ritrovai. So we have a society in trouble and yeah. we are all one and then he himself in trouble. And he is very, very distraught. He speaks of it as being a feeling almost as if you're going to die and he's coming to his senses basically in a midlife crisis. This is how it begins. This is, by, by the way, I can completely identify with this midlife yeah. crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, it's, it's, this, 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 it's, it's time exactly. to... Exactly, I'm, I'm having one, yeah. I'm having yes. one. Well, but I don't, I, don't, I don't have to go to purgatory and hell to get out of there. Like, this yes. is, why, well, why does he end up... Because this is what, So give me look, the, well, the journey. Because, because what happens is that he sees the hill. He sees, oh good, I'll get out of this darkness. I'll go up the hill, there's the sunshine up above except that he finds there are three beristes that block him. And then someone comes to help him, Virgil, and he says, yeah, you're going to get to the happy end, but you have to but go through But you've got to go through the... You have to go through the bad bit and this, first. And this is the human and redemptive is, process. Exactly. He has to go into hell. And what hell is really about is facing the reality of why we act as we act facing ourselves ultimately, because there's a bit of Dante and there's certainly a bit of us all in the, in the damned whom he meets. Two of the damned have nothing good that can be said about them. And that's it. They're, they're, nothing can be good. All the others are great, great people. And he deliberately uses great people from his own society, people who were respected, people who were loved, like his own mentor, whom he obviously loved dearly, Brunetto Latini. So he's taking people who would have been well known and he's showing us how in one way there was a flaw and that can lead them to a destructive decision. Crucial to the comedy is the belief that we have libero arbitrio, we have freedom of judgment. Right. Nobody can make us act. We so we are responsible we are for our responsible. own action. Absolutely. That is crucial in and him. What I would say, so why do you think, and I mean, was it to excite and titillate the reader or the common man that he deploys all these foul disasters which befall people and the filth <laughs> and the smell is it basically to get Gasling. people mm. it's, get, it's to get people on side it's, it's to well, get the common man in the market to say oh yeah, this is interesting yeah, yeah yeah well it's to really make you realize that as a social being you are causing harm to others and do you really want to identify with one of these do you want this to be your future you know it's spelled yeah. out in the comedy to him that he has a message for mankind un pro del mondo che mal vive The world is living wrongly. And you're to go, and what is he told to do? Fake to scrive, write. And he is a writer all the time. You know, when he meets Peter, I'll go back to our tripartite, but when he meets Peter and makes his creed, he says, I believe in what you and the others wrote. And the implication of that is, I want my readers to read me and mm -hmm. believe what I am writing. Okay, so he aligns himself cleverly with the creed and with yeah, the prevalent. And with the writers, yeah. And yeah. So, so tell me then, so he has all these characters, some of whom he has a grudge against, some of whom he doesn't like. Well, yes, but he all would have whom, a grudge against some, definitely. But all of whom are reflective <laughs> of... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Listen, grudges are human. Oh, yes, oh, to, yes, to, absolutely. To be grudged yeah, yes. is to be human, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, I didn't, yes, you know yeah. Anyway, so you... And he, and he, he condemns them to hell, and then 
he begins this redemptive process where you go to mm. purgatory and you finally get mm. to heaven. Mm. Tell me about that. Yes, well, having faced evil, most of the time when we do something wrong, we don't call a spade a spade. No. We do wrong, as he, he quotes scripture, following false images of good. So he's really wanting us to face the reality of the wrongdoing. And finally, after all that effort, because Dante in exile will have traveled with huge difficulty, possibly by mule, much of it maybe on yeah. foot over the Apennine. And the whole sense of the physical difficulty for him in yeah. the journey is is fantastic. If you're a hiker, as I am, it's really great. You can identify with it, the, the holding on to the rocks, the trying to heave yourself up. You know, so you, 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 have all, you have all of that. And he and Virgil, with great effort, they go out, out, out through a tunnel and they come out and they see the light. This is the wonderful end of hell, that there are stars there. They come out to the stars and then they get to Southern Hemisphere, to this mountain of purgatory. And there he meets his friend, Pazella, immediately meets other friends as well. But purgatory is, is a beautiful, I mean, of the three, I can understand a lot of people like it best, that purgatory section, for, because it's easier for us to identify with it. Purgatory is time bound. Hell isn't. Hell is eternity. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, So exactly. purgatory, you can set your clock. Yeah. You say, well, in, I'll yeah. be out of here in a few days. In, yeah, yeah. a few centuries. A few centuries, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. the fact is, and it's lovely, that character from purgatory that Beckett loved, Belacqua, Dante's friend, he was obviously not uh, not very physically active. And when he meets Belacqua, Belacqua's hunched down like this. And he sort of says, Asha, why bother Roshan? I'll be okay. You know, in the end, yeah. I'm going to be saved. The wonderful thing about purgatory is once you're there, you're saved. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter how long you're in the waiting lounge for the last flight. Now, it's not very nice waiting, you know. I could yeah, identify... It's more Ryanair than well, upper, up, upper scale. Yeah, no, it's, it's a Ryanair yes, rating. Yes, it's yes, not like yes, virgin upper class. Right. But, but yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, going to get yeah, out of there yeah, eventually. Yeah. But at least in the end, you get to destination. No matter. And it's just lovely because it's meeting with friends. Now, they are suffering. Come on, the proud are t carrying these huge boulders on their backs. The envious... The envious have their eyes stitched up because it was. Uh, yeah, like he doesn't. You know, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't welch on the detail. No, 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 no. But this is great stuff. I mean, this is. Yeah, this it is. is. It is. It's very human. And but in the background is this woman that he fell in love with. Kind mm. of bizarre for for me as yes. a male. Yes. This this yes. this yes. obsession yes. with yes. this woman Beatrice yes. Ortinari. Yes. And she's the yes. woman who never loved him. Well, or he loved her. Oh, yes, I mean, a lot of it was in the imagination, if I may say so. But I mean, in the early poetry, certainly there is a Beatrice who at some point marries somebody else and dies very young. She was 24, I think, when she died. And the poetry he wrote, and in the 1290s, he's writing this Vita Nuova. And it's very interesting because the poems, the poems give you a real sense of a very strong experience of love. What it does to us, regardless of the other person responding or not, which, which in she did No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But by the way, I know. It's, it's, I know many blokes yeah, like that yeah, over the years yeah, yeah, yeah. who've fallen in love with people yeah. who weren't even aware they existed. Well, well, this is the point, and that would have been a lot of the lyrical poetry of the time. But the fact is that as long as you can never attain your desire, it keeps 
living. It's, yes, it and continues. the flame keeps... Exactly. Think of Petrarch and Laura, you yeah. know. And yeah. this goes on to poetry. I remember when writing on Yeats and Maud Gong, you know. And the less a person responds, the greater is your wish to, to, to possess. To covet them, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, covet them, indeed, is the right word. So he internalizes all of that. But ultimately, what he does is... He beatifies her. Now, she has the ideal name, if one may say Beatrice. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, my yeah. name wouldn't have worked. No, but no, Beatrice, no. she's Beata, she's blessed. So what she becomes is something completely different, I think, in the comedy. She first becomes a chastiser because she reprimands him severely for yeah. the way that he has gone astray from all the, the, the good that she had inspired because it belonged to a tradition where women were seen in the courtly tradition. They were seen as mediatrix between man and God. In other words, bringing out the best in us. Uh, uh, The love of a woman would bring out indeed your poetic ability, but your virtue, your goodness, your best, it comes out. Your best instincts. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, your best instincts. So she gives out to him because he hasn't come out well. You know, he was accused of baratry. That was a standard accusation. What was baratry? Baratry was appropriation of public funds. and. Yeah, so that was his crime. That was his crime. But they all got that. I mean, you didn't... It's very easy to stitch a man up. Absolutely, except that we have, nobody believes that that was at all possible. But nonetheless, as someone active in politics, you know... Taking a few quid, quid you know, yes, yeah. I mean, he has a wonderful line in hell. Tangentopoli, don't you call that in Italian? Tangentopoli. Tangentopoli, yeah, exactly. Well, Tangentopoli existed in Italy, in Ireland. And everywhere, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. And he says it in one line at the time, I remember about tribunals, a student saying, oh, that's really compact. He says, nay will become a, if you give the right money. That's black will become white if you pay for it. You this know, is a long tradition. Planning in permission Irish. denied. Here you are. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. All yeah. Well. Or so, as we do, are the what was the post-dated planning in Ireland? Uh, Just build uh, it and then right, figure it out. And then, so uh, let us let us yeah, move now sorry, to the significant. Yes. No, no. This is, <laughs> look, I love this stuff. This is great stuff, right? This is this is this is my this is my carry on. Uh, let's move to now and Dante in modern Italy and the way in which. So, for example. Any Italian I've spoken to of varying levels mm. of education, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They know Dante. Well, yes. Well, how come? Because it's taught at school. No, but it must and be taught really it's well. So accessible. Well, because it's so accessible linguistically. Your Shakespeare is less so. Don't and think of Chaucer. You know, dreadful stuff. And Chaucer is after exactly. Whereas you open this. And nel mezzo del cammino, ma misi me per la... I mean, it's really the simplicity of the language. So if you avoid some of the density of the theology and whatever, look at the dialogues in it. Like when he meets his friend um, Nino Visconti in Purgatory, he says, you've made it. I never thought you would, because the two of them had a finger in some pie. Yeah, yeah, they knew yeah. one another. And the joy, you know, says, Giudicenin. Uh, you know, he's really happy seeing him. So the language, I find it very theatrical. And because it's so much is dialogue, even with the blessed, it is dialogue. So they're just chit-chatting, chit-chatting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that brings it alive. And I think it's loved for that. Now, it was hugely promoted, of course, by Mussolini during fascist times. Mussolini uses Dante all the time. Well, you see, the the bond there... Because of what? Rome. Rome. Okay. Mussolini had the notion of Rome, the fascio, the fascist was, you know, the symbol of the Roman consuls and so on. So, and Dante is very Roman. I mean, even the city of God, 
is a Roman city, you know, and Christ was a Roman citizen. He was registered in the census of Augustus, you know. Well, that is true, that, from that is true, we do, yes. yeah, we know so, that. So, you know, that Romanitas matter. In fact, if it wasn't for the census, we wouldn't have the story. We wouldn't have the story. The story is based on the census. Exactly, writing again, exactly. you see, note-taking. So you have you have this sense of Rome and, and Mussolini uses him and there's a lot that can be, there is a lot in Dante that you can use for patriotism. And then I think the amazing thing is and when Mussolini collapses, well, maybe it's not amazing, the, the, the love of Dante just carries on because he is our fundamental text in schools and youngsters will learn it and it's easily and they, learned. But they like it. This and they, like, they it. like it, they like you know, it. So because it's not remote from us, David. When we said earlier about coming to Ireland and how alien it was, when he's exiled, what does he say of a terrible feature of exile? That the bread will be salty. To this day in Tuscany, we bake our bread without salt. But the bread in northern so Italy is, is full of salt. Well, that's what he says. So and you Tuscans would find this oh, yes. almost yes, offensive. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I had the opposite in a restaurant in Florence where a group from Brescia came to a neighbouring table and like all exhausted tourists, they sat down, the bread comes at the yeah. Italian restaurant. They all began to eat and one of them finally spoke and said, oh, this bread tastes of nothing, but when you're hungry, you'll eat it. And I know exactly. How they does were that having sound the in opposite. How does that but sound in said, Italian? Questo, sane no, questo pane non sa di niente, ma abbiamo fame. We're hungry. Yeah, we're hungry, so we need anything. So we're going to eat anything. So Dante ate it salty because he'd no choice, and the one from Brescia in Florence eat it without Fe, salt because there's no choice. Right, right. Exactly. But the, so it's the basic. That's what he will link. But yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's how the kids are identifying yeah, exactly. with this with all the Italians. I mean, exactly. we, have, we have gone, we have done a whistle tour of Dante, okay? We've done it in, in, in half an hour. I want to ask you one question before yeah. you read from the text, mm. and I think we should end with the reading mm. in the original language. Mm. Beckett, Joyce, Heaney, mm -hmm. the great Irish Yates. writers, Yeats, yep. of the, of the mm. last hundred mm -hmm. years, found inspiration, even Heaney, not mm. that long ago, mm -hmm. in Dante. Mm. Is there a connection between the Irish greats and Dante? Because other greats don't deploy him in the same way from no. different countries. And the, the connection is very, very strong. I mean, it's really very strong. It's, there's a presence there and there's a very strong presence in Beckett. Now, you have to say one thing. Beckett and Joyce were both graduates in Italian. That's true. You know? yes, that so is they true. knew the language. Yeah. And indeed that bonded them in Paris because Beckett worked in secretarial capacity a lot for Joyce. And I mean, the Dante was a bonding between them. You know, Yeats did not know Italian. Seamus Heaney was a Latinist, a good Latin. And, but I, of course, for Seamus Heaney, I think the unjust society, I mean, his rendering of Ugolino. He, the, as Paisley. The porn, he, yeah, he, he describes, yeah, tell me about that. You see, well, it's, it's, it's it, in, in the story of Ugolino, it's, it's the greatest love story in the comedy and it's in hell. It's at the very bottom, just beside Lucifer. So Ooh, Dante you don't creates be down there. You don't the be most love, love story with, with that. And you have a father who comes to recognise that the greatest gift he has had has been to create. He has four sons. But because of his political allegiance, all four have been killed. Right. 
because he brought that on there. Yeah, so that now, was that was his legacy. He, he does bequeathed that with at the time of the hunger strikers in Belfast. Okay, so that's what he yeah, needs. Because Ugolino is being starved to death and his children are being starved to death. That's what happens that's to them. That's fascinating. They so are he, caught. Now, they're traitors. They're, he is a traitor, sorry, not the children. He is a traitor. But how many we've known in our own, my lifetime, certainly, who were killed because the brother or the father or the cousin... Yeah, was, was, the was other, on one side know. of the... Yeah. And, the, and the innocent Precisely. gets killed. And, and that's why... Yeah, that is that's very, very... So, like with Heaney, there is a lot he says. I can't remember the exact words. But you find in a great author, and he's really writing about Dante, you find a resonance of something in yourself. And that's true. And that's, and that's, and that's in true. a way with Beckett also, you know, because the characters of Beckett that, and, uh, that are evoked so very much in the props, as soon as that curtain goes up, you see, well, I see Dante there. And uh, you have a sense that he is in dialogue with him, even though Dante never provided the end, never provided that final, final image that I think Beckett needed. Beckett held on to his student copy. On, he used to carry it with him even on holidays and had it by his bedside. When he was dying, he had it by yeah, his he bedside. Had. Wasn't he it had. Derek Mann? May said that, yeah, but yeah. it is there and we have the copy, in. they have it in Reading. And I think it is because he hoped that ultimately Dante would provide the answer, but... It, did, it didn't. It didn't in the writings of Beckett. We don't know what Beckett felt inside him. Did. And that answer is really that belief in an afterlife. Because it is really amazing that Dante, when he gets to the very, very end, when he sees this extraordinary vision of the Trinity and he sees Christ, he says, he looks like us, la nostra effigie. So he actually humanizes God. And the, the rest is end. silence and because the... he says, I can now say no more. I'm like the child at the breast. I have no more words. And he's overcome. And I think that end in silence is for us to pick up the message. This is what he has tried to convey, that because we are not made for this world, this is not our end, there is something greater ahead of us that we should live in a way that we will deserve that something greater. As, as uh, laid out yeah, in yeah, the comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I and think such an amazing way to end. Yes. It is yes, an amazing yes. way to end. Well, this, may I now mention I would this? Want, I would love you to, yes. I want you to read yes. a piece yes. from it. I, I, want you to, I want to mention this uh, exhibition at the okay. moment. Okay, so there's in, an exhibition in Dublin. In Dublin Castle okay. by an Irish artist, Liam O'Brien. Okay. And he has worked over many, many years. And as you walk in, you see 100 lithographs. One of the hand. comedy. Yeah. And I have never, I did this a few weeks ago. I had, of course, seen 10, 12, whatever, whatever, over the years, like, you know, Salvador Dali, I would have seen about a dozen and so on. Um, all artists. But this is the first time ever that there are 100 panels and each one for a canto. And what Liam O'Brien does is that he doesn't illustrate, he interprets. He takes a detail that we can then relate to our own day and really? our own experience. And this was, the atmosphere is marvellous because it takes a while to read your 100 county, you know. <laughs> but you go in and you're getting the 100 just immediately. Right, yeah. And even the very, very first one, which has the, the, the anguished Dante, the anguished human being, 
there he is. And you see the entanglement yeah, of yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the brightness because at the very beginning, within a few lines, Dante says, it was all terrible, but I found good there, il ben. And I will read you those few, il ben. And then he sees the sunlight. Now, he can't get to it quickly. Doesn't matter. He'll get there. He gets there eventually. He gets there. And then, as in all great works, the end is in the beginning and the beginning is in the end. The very, very end you have in this panel, you have Dante and the darkness, but the light. And also you see the spherical, the idea of the heavens, the idea of this great cosmos that envelops all of us. So you have it, an evocation of the start but a fulfillment of the end. So it's really a marvellous experience. And just even looking at the cover, if I may say very quickly, you have the usurers there. He has condemned them in hell. The poor old usurers, Bank of Ireland, AIB, all of them, the money lenders. And I love the snobbery. He says, of course, I didn't know, I didn't recognise any one of them. Of course he didn't. Of course, course it's like what happened happened in our banking collapse. Oh, I didn't see him. Oh, it wasn't me. I never knew your man, Shawnee Fitzpatrick. Oh, I never knew. The coat of arms of the families. So we identify So he them. does oh, identify them. Oh, well, well no, that's in the notes, you that's see. That's in the notes. But the fact is that he condemns the Scrovegni, and he makes it very clear he's condemning the Scrovegni without naming them. They were the sponsors of Giotto in the Arena Chapel in Padua. So something good comes. Came from their money. And that's what we're debating now. Are we going to keep the statue, statues of certain people, philosophers even, in Edinburgh, discussing it in our own city? of men who were very great thinkers in the past because they also were colonizers in some yeah. manner. You know, that's, that's being very much that debated is another now. another question. In that the is... So you see what I mean about we find today in yesterday. Absolutely. So let us read out. 700 let, years ago. 700 years ago. No, right? absolutely. So we'll just uh, say the beginning and the beginning is much what I've been, you know, what I've been explaining. Excellent. I'm, so I'm all ears. Good. Nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita mi ritrovai per una selva oscura che la diritta via era smarrita. Ai, quanta dir qual era e cosa dura e sta selva selvaggia e aspra e forte che nel pensiero rinnova la paura. Tante amara che poche più morte ma per trattar del ben che io vi trovai dirò dell'altre cose che io vi scorto. Io non so ben ridir com'io ventrai tant'era pieno di sonno a quel punto che la verace via abbandonai. Ma poi che io fu ai piedi un colle giunto là dove terminava quella valle che m'avea di paura il cor con punto guardai in alto e vidi le sue spalle vestite già dei raggi del pianeta che mena dritto altrui. There's a homecoming there. It sounds gorgeous. Good. Karina, thank you so much. This is fantastic. Good, good. Did you please, Dan, please? I am absolutely (laughs) delighted. Thank you so much. Just a quick note to say thank you to all our Patreon supporters. And if you fancy supporting us on Patreon, you can check us out at patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. 